0: What's up, everybody? It's time for another Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Keefe. Today's podcast is an interview with Bobby Blitz and Mark Mengi of BPMD. Check it out. And the Ghost Cult Magazine podcast welcomes in Mark Mengi and Bobby Blitz of BPMD. How are you guys doing? Hey, what do you say? (laughs) Hey, man. How are you? I'm great. Another day, another day talking to guys about music, guys and gals, and everybody else. Um, Congrats on this awesome album, American Made, coming out uh, on Napalm Records June 12th. Super stoked for this uh, covers project. Uh, when it was first announced I'm not sure what anybody uh, you know had in terms of expectations but Mengi knows from my last interview with him when we were talking about you Blitz and I said man my my dream is to have a whole covers record with Blitz and now my dream came true Uh, yeah for sure because uh we had seen the performance in new york where you guys played together and blitz came you know did a few songs uh, and uh, i was like man i want to hear blitz sing everything (laughs) so so mark they they
1: only picked the songs I cut for. They gave, the, they gave me
0: the Judas Priest and the punkier ones. So. Nice. Oh, so yeah, Mark, man, I want I want I want to have Blitz give me the winning lottery numbers. Can you make that happen for me? Huh? Yeah, <laughs> give them to me too, man. Yeah prophetic i didn't even know it but um yeah man this record's uh a breath of fresh air it's a lot of fun I, I know there's many projects like this but this one is yours and obviously includes the great mike portnoy and phil Demmel, who's amazing uh so let me ask how this project came together and uh that's the first place i wanted to start with how'd you guys kind of i'm surely you know each other from you know the scene but how did you form this band and do this album
2: uh, I like to let Bobby answer this question now.
1: You know why? Because he lets me answer this question because it actually he wants to hear the accolades that he gets. That's what this is all about. This is about ass kissing here because it was his idea and he no. still hasn't been doing. Wasn't my idea. Was it was actually it was actually his son's idea. Um, they were they were having a few beers in the backyard, you know, fire pit, etc., cetera, et cetera mm-hmm. flipping hamburgers. Mark's had too many beers. Leonard Skinner's on the stereo. His son says, "Ah, this is this is perfect for you guys to cover." Mark immediately says, "No, doesn't fit VMA style." Uh, but after a few more beers, he calls me drunk at about midnight and says, "Hey, you want to help us so we can do yes. we can do Leonard we do Leonard Skinner's Saturday Night Special to start?" And I said, "Man, I'll do covers again." I said, "I got no problem with that. I know Keith wants to hear me do them." <laughs> 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 I mean that really was the birth of it. It was his son planning the seed. Uh him spreading that out to me, me immediately on board. You now by the end of the phone conversation we already had mentioned Phil and Mike. Uh by the next day. We were in touch with them. By uh, a few weeks later we were actually recording the drum tracks.
2: Yeah, and you know, again, I was just hanging out. We literally, you know, that afternoon or evening I should say, it was just listening to tunes, man, enjoying a summer night, relaxing and then when an eight-year-old puts a thought in my head and I actually took it serious. I was like, oh wow, this could be cool. And um, and I asked myself as the song was playing, how would I play the song? What would I do to this if I were to play it? Not thinking MA, not thinking anything. Um, and, and that's what I called Bobby, just off the cuff. It was just kind of like, hey man, what, what do you think about something like this? It was really no thought behind it whatsoever.
0: Right on. Um... And glad he did. I I got the feeling like Portnoy is sitting by the phone, waiting for these kind of phone calls. You know, like I don't know why. Not like he doesn't have he's enough bands. hours free in the day that he can film. <laughs> Does he even sleep? I don't understand him. That guy, like he's so good, but it's like he is he is working all the time, man. <laughs> um. But yeah, man. So uh, and then you guys got together with uh, Portay and Demo's great, man. He's so much fun on the guitar, and uh, you know he has a really great style. And he's and again, it's like a perfect unit to do these songs. So uh, he, yeah, yeah. Phil rips on this record, man.
2: Um, if you listen, to especially some of the soloing, it's uh, it's some of my favorite of his ever. And uh, what I think Bobby and I learned. During the recording, is this was his first time recording rhythms in twelve years on a record,
0: which uh, which I was pretty shocked to hear that. Uh, I couldn't believe that. So he was he took that as an opportunity to you know to do his thing. And that he did. He is amazing. Um, I love the song choices here because you know you guys could put a project together like this and pick like you know all the hits and there's definitely some hit songs on here that are like you know well known but there's a lot of sort of deep cut action the cactus song uh tattoo vampire doa never in my life i don't think these are songs that every rock fan has heard on the radio often and so as often as i think they should so let's hear about like how you guys got to choose this material
1: well you know with you. Some of the cuts are deeper, and I think it's kind of cool that, uh, especially the younger generation, will be exposed uh, to some of these deeper cuts for the first time. And primarily the ones that you mentioned. And if you, I mean, if you look at rock and roll to whatever it is today, whether you're a punk rock guy or a thrash guy or a metal guy or a blues guy or straight rock and roll, I mean, it's a chain. It all comes from somewhere. And it all comes from back, you know, I mean, the, the Chuck Berry era, the uh, the Howlin' Wolf era, et cetera. I mean, back in the 50s when Rock and Roll started. But the picking of these songs were, you know, it wasn't about a, a lot of thought. It was this process of kind of making it more fun. And uh, that night when we were on the phone, I think we started suggesting, hey, let's all pick two. Let's all make it American. Let's all uh, uh, make sure it was released in the 70s. Uh, so, I mean, I immediately picked uh, the Mountain Cut, because I thought that that was a deep cut, and the cactus Cut, because I thought that that was relatively a deep cut. Um, so, we have eight songs done, everybody picks two, um, and then we democratically voted on the other two, which were the James Gang's Walk Away, um, and the no-brainer of doing uh, American Band. But it made it fun to just to have us all choose two tracks and just say, hey, that's it, man, you got to do it whether you like it or not. So it was kind of a kind of a or challenge, you might say, with regard to how we chose the uh, song list.
0: Excellent, man, and uh, and again, there's there's some tracks on here that I, I think you guys did a. Uh... You know, like, deserve to get some shine on them that maybe fans know or they haven't heard in a while. Like the ZZ ZZ Top track, it's not like one of the ones that gets remembered, but it is like one of their early best ones. Uh, I'm a big fan of those first three or four ZZ Top albums. It's the stuff I grew up with. So, um, you know, eighty stuff is fine um, if you like synthesizers. But I like the I prefer the early stuff, and so that's a really great track and really, you know. Anybody could have covered it, but you guys did, and so I really like that kind of point of view, you know.
2: Yeah, well, no, I appreciate that, man. It's funny when after we tracked that song, um, I totally forgot Motorhead did it way back when, um, which I can't believe I forgot that, but and then I started seeing a few other bands who have done that song before. We've you know, the, the vision at least I had for Peter Drinker's that was one of my selections and uh, I wanted to see I wanted to take a, a wide open song and if you listen to the original version you know it's something crazy going on in there it's just very you know it's a standard blue standard you know, um, you know it's a, a CGD uh, progression I wanted to see what could we do in taking a wide open song, and where would we take that uh, musically, and um, you know, we're all going in completely different directions in that song, which is awesome, which is one of the reasons, I love that track so much, Sean, and our rendition of it.
0: Dig it, how about you Blitz? Are you a big uh, ZZ Top fan?
1: interview yesterday uh and uh with metal sucks and uh, it was a podcast thing and they were asking me specifically it went through the song list and did i ever see Tad nugent did i ever see you know zz top and i did i saw zz top when i was probably god i was probably 15 or something um uh, and they they opened for uh a band called slade opened for them Uh uh, Slow Dean from England, but I was down at Asbury Park, New Jersey, and I saw them, and I saw them perform this live, uh, you know, way back when, so, you know, for me, it was it was kind of cool, because when you go to your, your first quote-unquote concerts, they become huge, memorable events for you, so, sure, I was a big ZZ Top fan from that moment on, I mean, I just went to go see the concert, uh, but the point is, I came happy to huge
2: ZZ Top fan, and it stuck with me ever since.
0: Yes. and uh another one in that similar vein to me is the james gang obviously people know joe from the eagles but i think that band is criminally underrated uh like a lot of them you know just a lot except for the big big ones that everybody knows i think a lot of american 70s hard rock bands except for you know the chosen three or four that everyone knows on their playlist i think uh people don't remember that we had a lot of great bands we seem to get uh, out, you know outshined by all the british bands we're, de- we're definitely outshined <laughs> you know and you know some of my favorite bands are definitely the you know british bands of the 70s without a doubt you know but on the flip side of things you know if you listen to some of the deep cuts um not even deep cuts, deeper bands. It's amazing how many
1: uh, Europeans never heard of The James Gang or Cactus or Mountain, um, which is starting to come to light now. And it's one of the things we've been hearing and doing a lot of the European press on. The journalists never even hearing of these bands before, which is awesome. So maybe it'll open up their minds to some of this great American music. you know i kind of i kind of agree uh that the you know that that british kind of invasion during the 70s was was quite unique and i think that you know to some degree uh the music or at least the bands that were involved in that 70s british thing they were all intertwined I mean, that was one thing that was going on there. The, the thing that I think is unique about the American bands or this American scene is what they, they were not intertwined. This was happening spontaneously in different parts of the country, not, for instance, in London and Birmingham. It was happening in California, it was happening on the Island, it was happening in Michigan, it was happening in Texas. So you're looking at four different fucking corners of, 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 you know, one of the biggest countries in the world where kind of the same vibe is coming out uh, in this scene. And I think that what I see here was that, you know, if the British, if the British stuff became kind of the royalty of what hard rock and roll was, this was the dirty, shitty underground fucking bridge to heavy metal that gave american guys like myself uh, you know a map to be able to walk into the eighties and say, it was about Leslie Weston. Mount, it was about Carmine and Cactus. It was about what Blue Oyster Cult was doing with those punky kind of vibes with songs like Tattoo Vampire. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really uh, a, a pro-American when it comes to this because I think that there's something real special about stuff being created spontaneously, but not intertwined with the other musicians where actually ideas were almost shared over, over in the UK when, uh, when, these, when these bands
0: were happening. Indeed. And, uh, yeah, I think Cactus is one of those bands as in, I lo- I adore Carmine. And I think that band is still for whatever reason, just criminally underrated for all time.
2: You know, I, I read this out. You know, Bobby will be the first to say this. And he coins this off. Often, often. He says, I'm a student of the seventies <laughs> and I'm constantly learning and doing research and, and whatnot. And I read a great article the other night. and I got to find that link that said, um, the reason why cactus never broke is because they were a Led Zeppelin ripoff, which I do not believe. If anything, Led Zeppelin ripped them off. Um and ripped or ripped vanilla fudge off. Right. Um, you know, it was Zeppelin that came over and opened up for Fudge in the States, their first tour of the States. Um it was Zeppelin that opening for them. It was Carmine introducing bottom to different drumming styles and drumming techniques, Carmine introducing Bonham to uh get his one way kit that he's that Bonham's famous for and uh, which is thank god he did you know um but on the flip side if you listen to the first three cactus records between seven, 1970 uh and 73 you know they were on par with what zeppelin was doing they were releasing records at the same exact time those early zeppelin records so i wouldn't say they ripped them off i just think zeppelin got the notoriety uh, or so because being from england because jimmy page was has established himself as a yardbird guitarist etc cetera, etc cetera. um and i just think timing was never on the side of cactus and that's just my opinion um but i would never think of them as a as a zeppelin ripoff if you will um and if you listen to you know good times bad times you know look at the year that song came out and look at the songs
0: that carmine and bogart were doing uh, the base part in Bogart and not the years those came out. So it's just a, it's an inconceived notion if you if you ask my opinion. Good call, not to mention Zeppelin, very handsome guys and probably some kind of witchcraft thing with Jimmy Page. But you know, that's for another, com- that's for another conversation. When you have really great looking, when you have, yeah, I just like to, you know, when you have incredibly handsome guys or or anybody, it helps, looks help. Um, but yeah, and I think Evil is a great choice too because it's a song that, you know, has a, a lore, right? It's not just like, here's this song and Cactus is an awesome band, which they are, but by itself, Evil is, like you know, has a whole history behind it as a song, oh, yeah. and the genre itself, like "Evil," is like you know one of these songs that you could almost like hang on to for the whole genre of rock and roll. Man, it's it's just, and, and blue, you know from the history of blues on, it's got like something about it, you know, something very special about it. But you know, I I, I tend totally agree. This was one of my picks, and um, you know, when you go
1: back and you follow the, the origin of the song, you go back to uh, you know, Hollow uh, Willie Dixon. I mean, it's uh, it's fifties. You know, it's the start. Of, it's the start of rock and roll. It's that chain that I was kind of mentioning earlier in the interview. And I think that Cactus gave that song legs by reimagining it on uh, in the seventies. Uh, on the restrictions record um you know we gave it more legs i mean there's also been other people who've covered this i mean i've heard clutch actually cover this um but you give it more legs in the modern era then so i think it, it's it's kind of like what you're saying uh indirectly is, is good music just never goes away it just gets reimagined um, down the road by other people in whatever the current era
2: is and this is a this is a perfect example of that
0: right on one more tracklist uh, track list question or not question but observation that i made which is you know i really appreciate the skinner pick because obviously you know people rich you know reach their hand into a fishbowl of Skinner songs and they usually pick out the the big big ones that everybody knows but i always felt like that was a real underrated song myself and uh off a pretty deep album. They don't really have any bad, there are no bad Skinner songs in my book, but I love that you picked the not, another not obvious sort of track, at least not obvious to the average fan and that I really like that, man. I appreciate that. And you know, <coughs> Saturday Night Special is the catalyst. It's
2: the song that I was playing when my son suggested, hey, dad, you should play this. I mean, that was a tune. And, uh, that, that's on the Nothing Fancy record. And uh, if you listen to that, Tune. You know, there's three guitar players going off on that one. We have one, <laughs> you know. So it was again, how would we do this? And you know, Skinner's another one of my favorite bands. And it was how do you present these songs today in what we do? Um, and I changed my approach of playing for the majority of this music and recording these songs. You know, uh, the way I record for Middle Allegiance is completely different than the way I recorded for this, and I'm glad I did it that way, but Skinner, you know, again, we went in picking the songs that we loved from that era, and it's just by coincidence, we didn't pick any of the famous songs. We could have easily done Freebird, Sweet Home Alabama, or any song from Kiss etc um, etc et it's you know we went into know i guess we're all students of the deep cuts <laughs> especially portly uh probably more so than anybody um and demo picked the deepest track on the record with tattoo vampire you know so it's just a matter of i now that i look back it would have been too obvious if we would have done kiss or too obvious if we would went right to covering sabbath or, or purple or things like that in other regions of the world so the, the way we went about this and picking two tracks, how to be in the 70s, how to be released in the 70s, how to be done by an All-American band, et cetera, et cetera. I think challenged us as musicians, and uh, which is, you know, the fun of
0: it. Nice. And, and fuck, man, it gave, it gave the record a sting. You know, it wasn't like, it wasn't always the obvious. And I mean, Keith, you, i mean if it's
1: obvious it's going to be something else it's going to be oh let's uh, you know but let, let's uh transpose the piano uh, uh, to the bass and do freebird there would be the obvious but the idea is that this should have that kind of 1970s you know american you know fragrance to it and and feel and and those were the deeper cuts in my opinion uh, you know like, like for instance the mountain cut i think People, especially younger people or people that weren't a you know a, a full fledged fan of that band, will be exposed to Never in My Life for the first time and say, "Oh, it's some old blues cut." Well, it's an old blues cut, but from the nineteen seventies.
0: Enjoy. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's that's a really great a really great call by you guys. Maybe maybe the next record can be uh, you know United Kingdom made or Canadian made. <laughs> Um, yeah. I, mean, I, agree. I
1: agree. I got nothing wrong with the UK. I mean, and yeah. I would pick deeper cuts from the UK, too. I mean, I would go after bands like Status Quo when the early Fleetwood Mac, you know, when Peter Green was in the band. I mean, that's kind of, you know, that's where I would go. I wouldn't go to the obvious. I wouldn't do Communication Breakdown. I would do
2: a well by Fleetwood
1: Mac or, you know, Roll uh, well Over by Status Quo. Yeah. Yeah. and same with me I wouldn't go to the Beatles but I would go to
2: a Harrison solo record <laughs> you know so it's things like that that makes a difference
0: I want to hear Blitz sing My Sweet Lord come on <laughs> yeah, it right now right now with that guitar alright it's it's right behind me hold on one second tuning fork but um yeah man I really appreciate you guys I just have a couple more for you as we wind this down I know you're busy and I want to give you back your time um You know, obviously it's a strange time in the world to be putting out a record and, you know, clearly being, you know, veteran guys, there's not a lot of pressure on you, but um, I was hoping we were going to maybe get some shows out of this. I know it's tough with everybody's schedules that we previously had. Do you think that there's, uh, you know, hopefully some chance for some shows or touring in the future for this project?
1: put this deal together, uh, we went after a few labels and Napalm was really, uh, excited about it. And, uh, you know, they kind of saw it in what we saw it. In. And one of their, you know, first points was, Hey, we think that this should, you should do some shows and, you know, Mark and I were negotiating with them. We were like, fuck yeah, we should do some shows. I mean, it was fun to put this together. Could you imagine how fun the shows would be? Now, the possibility to do a long tour, I, I don't think so, because everybody else has vested interests. Other places, you know, myself, for instance, Overkill or Violence or Sons of Apollo or Metal Allegiance. Um, but I do think that it's for sure fits summertime festivals, whether that be the U.S. or whether that be Europe. Um, because it gets, the whole idea of this record was fun. And, and for me to just transport myself back to my youth, I was having the greatest time of my life. I was reliving it. So to do that on a stage, man, that's what I want to do. And we gave Nate Pong the right uh, to actually book the band. And we go back and forth with him constantly about trying to fit us into festivals for, you know, uh, not necessarily the upcoming summer season, but the, uh, the fall in 2021.
0: Right on. I'm, I'm sure while we've been on this call, Portnoy has joined and recorded two more albums with other bands. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna keep going to the well with that that joke till it's till it's dead. Um, then I love I love I'll Fortnite. Yeah, I love Fortnite, but it's probably true also. Um, and then just for the last thing, I know the record's coming out uh, like in a week, but uh, do you, are you guys planning anything? Um, maybe like a live stream or a quarantine style performance that you see is very popular right now. Uh, no,
2: we're not uh, bluntly. You yeah, know, not really. My thing per se. Um, you know, we, we spoke about it for a minute. Um, I know Portnoy is doing his self quarantine one man show jams. Phil has been doing a ton of them. Um, yeah, but for me though, I, I need a live audience. I need people. Um, you know, it's just I feel awkward setting up a little camera in my my uh, music room here and and playing to the computer. And it's fun. Don't get me wrong. But it's just it's just not my thing.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I think the technology is not quite there yet either. So that's another problem that not everybody has an equal experience, depending on what you're doing and where you're watching from. But uh, this record rules. I, I, I think too much. You know, when you're, when you're in an <laughs> audience on the right. stage, you
2: don't think. At least I don't think. Right? I would be driving myself crazy. Man, am I screwing up? Do I got to do this over? Do I have to hit pause? Do I have to redeem? You? <laughs> you know, I think I'm my own worst enemy. When it comes to it, and, and that's my reason for not doing it, it's just because I would think way too much
0: and it would be tight, it wouldn't be loose. Um, I, you know, I, again, some people love doing it, you know, it's just for me, it's just I get, you know, again, in my own head. Yeah, no worries, no worries. Uh, appreciate you guys, love this record, uh, you know. Congrats on the record. Congrats to Napalm uh, for having this record land there because they've been doing a great job with you guys. And, uh, you know, hopefully all this weirdness and craziness in the world is, uh, you know, we get back to shows at some point and we get to see that uh, live BPMD jam. That's what I want to see. Hopefully there's a venue
2: left in New York City that we can play at. (laughs) true <laughs> that'd be
0: nice sad but true I'm sure there'll be a couple
2: we're gonna we're gonna call it C on the other side of the
0: mask tour. right yeah. right on thanks again fellas always a pleasure awesome. always a pleasure Peace. thanks dude appreciate it we'll talk to you soon take care Thanks for checking out today's podcast. Follow, like, and subscribe wherever you hear these podcasts. Also, check out Ghost Cult Magazine on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And finally, check us out at ghostcultmag.com. We're out. Peace.